1: It's heartbreak at the bank, boys, as the Vikes go toe-to-toe with the defending world champs. They fall 27-20. They drop to one and four on the season. We're here to break it all down with another Minnesota Vikings postcast right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. We got the full crew. You got myself, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. That's Ron Johnson down there. He's on X at three Ron Johnson, host of the Ron Johnson show right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. Luke Ron, you know him, host of the Lockdown Vikings podcast, each and every day. He's on X. At Luke Braun NFL, Let's wait for a couple more peeps to jump into the live feed here as we discuss the Vikings' fourth straight loss at U.S. Bank Stadium dating back to last year. Before we jump into the meat and potatoes, guys, quick reminder, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right. Let's get into the nuts and bolts, Ron. It's all still so fresh. The game just ended minutes ago. Talk to me about what you saw from this team and ultimately why you think they fell short today.
0: Uh, I mean, I don't know the answer why they fell short, but I do know, I mean, I hate to go back to the very beginning of the game, but Josh Oliver, um, that fumble changed a lot within this game. That was a touchdown uh, that they probably don't get. Uh, If you watch this defense early on, whenever Patrick Mahomes had to drive, uh, and have numerous play drives on their uh, side of the uh, 50, it, it turned out into a field goal. Now, he did score later, but it took them a long time to get down the field. I just felt like that momentum, one, was a little bit of a, a ghost of a game's pass, and, and it just got into everybody's head. Two, uh, you give Patrick Mahomes a short field, he's going to kill you. So I, I think early on, I can't just put it on just one thing. There's a lot of other plays that happened. Um, but that definitely is one of them that at that point in the game, if you fast forward to the Vikings touchdown, it probably should have been 16 to three or 16 to six heading into the half and they were able to you know, make it a tie game.
1: Yeah, obviously, you know, the A topic tomorrow morning and this week, it's going to be the health of Justin Jefferson, too. But before we get Mm -hmm. to the injuries and whatnot, Luke, kind of same question. I'd love to hear your 60 second recap, so to speak, of what you saw out there and why the Vikings couldn't pull this one out. Like when the dust settles and we look back at Vikings Chiefs 2023, what are you (laughs) going to remember from this one?
2: Situational disasters, man. Yeah. Come on. You can't blow three timeouts in in the start of the second half, all of them because of operational issues, not being able to get a play call in, not being able to get your alignments correct on a crucial fourth and one, and then taking a completely uh, uh, obvious bad challenge. I mean, there was no way that was ever going to get overturned. That felt like a panic challenge. So problems on the sideline affecting the product on the field, that is unacceptable, especially at home. You got to be able to have it together like that. Get, I mean, I, like go get somebody fr- that worked at Circuit City in the '90s and get your headsets fixed. So you have your timeouts at the end, and then look, a minute seven, all the passes are in bounds. We're running, wasting time, spiking it. Um, just not good enough situational football for the situations that they were in. And, I mean, look, there were times when the Chiefs just dominated, right? They had 35 plays basically unanswered over three drives across halftime, um, 17 points. Yeah, you get killed there, right? That's just you getting killed by the Chiefs and the Chiefs are a better team. And it's almost like easier to live with that than... Man, we had the talent. We had it right in front of us. Madison drops the screen, and then we piss down our legs in situational football. This is supposed to be the situational masters team. What happened, Kevin? Situational masters. Where are they? Because that was horrible situational football. And look, they lose a close game.
1: Uh, no, you, you hit the head. You hit the nail. Excuse me, right on the head. And Ron, I kind of want to stick with that. I, you know, for me too. W- when you're playing the defending champs, the dynamic duo of Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, you almost have to play flawless, right? Obviously, there's going to be mistakes, but. They force your hand so many times, you can't have that sloppy of a game. But those critical key third downs guys on third and fourth downs were so huge on both sides of the ball, too. Chiefs go 9 of 15 today, and some huge turning points in the mix, like Cam Bynum dropping the interception like you mentioned. That went huge for a huge first down on third and really long, by the way. Third, the Harrison 18. Smith defensive pass interference call on third down, that was huge as well. That, believe it or not, they said it on the broadcast though, I couldn't believe it. The first defensive pass interference call this season for the Vikings defense through five full games. That's kind of incredible. I think that kind of tells you, by the way, how well these secondary guys have been coached up back there. But Ron, how much of this loss does go into the coaching decisions? The clock management in the second half, burning multiple timeouts early, then wasting the challenge on that Kel? first down, because for the most part, I think we're all pretty high on KOC and his game management, right? Just in general. But today it seemed a bit off. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, it it was a little bit off. I mean, I I don't know. But even like, I don't know what the broadcast on TV was like, but even in the stadium, there were so many Chiefs fans in here.
3: Mm -hmm. It was an
0: eerie feeling at times because Mm -hmm. like the Chiefs, it would be quiet when they were at work. Then it'd be quiet when the Vikings were at work. And then eventually the Vikings fans would realize like, oh, wait, we should cheer now. So you could tell a little bit too, like the last drive of Kirk Cousins, you could tell the fans were purposefully trying to be as quiet as possible, Um, and so it was it was a very eerie uh, just game. And so yeah, so some of those issues of guys running in and off the field, uh, substitutions, uh, having to take timeouts, not figuring out who's supposed to be out there, Uh, it's weird because when you look at the box score, time of possession is only about a two and a half three minute difference. Uh, You look at first downs, pretty close. You look at Um, the Vikings actually ran more plays than the Chiefs on offense. We talked about that. We talked about how can they get more plays all week on Locked On, and they found a way to run more plays. Um, You know, rushing yards, they outrushed them. Passing yards, they were right with them. So this was a very close game. Uh, We talk about 333 total yards or 329. I mean, everything mirrored themselves. There was only one sack by the Vikings offensive line today, the Mm -hmm. last play Mm -hmm. of the game. And I think that's the problem is Kirk does not there. There's no purpose of holding the ball. And I'm not blaming this on Kirk, but in that moment, there's no freaking purpose of holding the ball and take it, throw an interception to a defensive lineman. I don't right. care. Mm-hmm. Just throw it up in the air as high as you can and let something happen. Let a pass interference happen. Let TJ Hawkinson go jump ball and maybe get uh tush pushed into the end zone. Like, just throw the ball. Like Nobody's going to be open down there because they had four defensive backs, I think three or four defensive backs, almost at the five-yard line. So you know nobody's going to be open. Just throw it in the air, high as possible, and then fall on the ground and pray. Like, I don't understand that. Like, that was the one sack the Vikings offensive line gave up, and that's on Kurt. The last play of the game, you should never take a sack.
1: No, well said, Ron, well said. I couldn't agree more. And I want to get into the defense a little bit more here and break down the Flores and the Blitz versus Mahomes. Quick reminder here, guys. It's America's number one sports book. Well, right now new customers when you bet $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, no matter what, win or lose, when you throw down just $5. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on all the action. The app, it's so easy to use, and they got everything you need. money lines, parlays, profits, you name it, they got it. FanDuel's got everything you need to bet in the entire NFL season. Go check it out. See for yourself. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Today, America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.
3: This Locked On podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
1: Ron, let's stick with the defense here for a second. The A topic kind of coming in. I heard a lot of reporters all week when KOC and Flores was at the uh, pressers this week. The A topics was, how do you blitz Patrick Mahomes? Because he's just so deadly with his feet and with his arm, obviously. I'll ask you both, but let's start with you, Ron. How do you think this defense lived up to that tall task of defending Patrick Mahomes and these weapons? And specifically, what did you see from Flores dialing up the blitzes from what you saw today?
0: Oh Well, I mean, there was only two sacks, but they did force Patrick Mahomes off his spot a lot. Mm -hmm. You did see him moving a lot. You saw him being uncomfortable. Um, The one thing I noticed, too, is it it was almost like they were like, look, we're just going to let Travis Kelsey beat us and stop everybody else. I don't agree with that. Like, I felt like they should have treated Travis Kelsey the way that the Chiefs, if you notice, the Chiefs were not going to let Justin Jefferson beat them today. They want anybody, K.J. Osborne, Jordan, anybody else could beat them. Every single chance they had to put hands on Justin Jefferson – punch Justin Jefferson, bunch, you know, set. they were going to ship. Every time he motioned, they had two guys making sure they had their eyes on Justin Jefferson. I felt like TJ – or, sorry, uh, Travis Kelsey was left open way too much. Uh, But other than that, Brian Flores, I mean, again, it was not a ton of, like, big, huge Patrick Mahomes plays. Uh, The guys did a great – when Patrick Mahomes got out the the pocket, they did a great job of plastering the receivers and kind of keeping them in contact. Uh, And then there's just sometimes where, honestly, there was, like, a little hold or tug – Offensive line not going to get that call. There was a couple times the offensive lineman jumped off you a know, false start. They were going to call that. So they had a lot of advantages that just don't get called anymore unless it's egregious. And uh, other than that, I think Brian Flores did a great job. Like you saw at one point, which I don't agree with this, uh, but you saw Harrison Phillips standing up, walking around a little bit. Mm-hmm. He had no push. Like that's the one person to put his hand in the ground. Let him put his <laughs> hand in the ground. Everybody else, I get it. I get it because they're athletes. That's not Harrison Phillips' thing. He, he looked terrible standing up trying to walk around because then he just ran into two guys and stood there. So I don't right. think that's the call. Um, but that's why I think I saw Luke tweet this out. That's why you go mad scientists and take all the D linemen out and say, I'm just going to put a bunch of deta- or, uh, defense ends and linebackers out there and then you guys figure out who's the three technique in this situation. And we know um, when you look at like Wanham, you look at um, Daniel Hunter and you see Marcus Davenport. Any of those guys can kind of go against a guard. Uh, we remember Mike Zimmer did that against the uh, Saints way back in the playoffs mm-hmm. where he put his outside or his DNs on guards and they killed him. Um, you see Brian Flores doing that a little bit. And so, but yeah, like to have no defense lineman in the game, I think that's a good plan. So I, I liked it. I just wasn't a fan of Harrison Phillips standing up. That yeah. He did not have any push. Uh, and it was it was almost purposeless. Like, I, And then there was one time, and I think everybody probably noticed it, Patrick Mahomes rolls out to his right. Harrison Phillips, literally, like, he's like, I have no shot at this guy. And he's just kind of <laughs> jogging. Uh, thank God I think he threw it, like, either out of bounds or back inside. But it was just like, why do we have Harrison Phillips out here right now when we're trying to get up to the quarterback? Like, that's that's not his cup of tea if you're going to let him get out got to like, get out of the pocket.
1: Uh, Luke, kind of same question. I mean, the Chiefs were 9 of 15 on third down. But some of them, again, just 50-50 balls that went the wrong way. Uh, also, though, kind of elaborate on the the whole mad scientist. I know you're into the X's and O's a lot and just maybe <laughs> yeah, what you would that, have that, done, what you saw, what you liked, what you didn't from Brian Flores today against the world champ, Patrick Mahal.
2: Yeah, I I hadn't thought of that idea that, that Ron just said as uh, he had to go. Um, yeah. I, I don't think that was me, but I like that idea. That's how they ended the game last week uh, was with no nominal defensive linemen on the field, which for the Vikings, oh, runs back, which for the Vikings is um doesn't count like Daniel Hunter and Davenport. They're technically like linebackers. But that's the the personnel package. Um it would be a cool idea. I think backing off and letting Mahomes dice you up probably would have led to a worse outcome. So in terms of like did they blitz or not or did they blitz too much or not, I think I'm I'm fine with like the game plan. Um you kind of have to live with it as a defensive coach. Mahomes is just going to get some. And a lot of times your your goal isn't necessarily to generate a sack or generate an interception or something like that. It's to make it hard. Um it's to kind of say, "Hey, look, if they throw the you, know, you ever hear the old cliche, there's no defense for the perfect pass. If they throw it perfect and if they make a perfect catch falling away, getting hit and, you know, it lands an inch over the DB's fingertips or whatever. You know what? Hats off. You did it. But we have to require that. We have to make it so that it is that hard every time. And I don't think Flores and the defense did a bad job of that. I think Mahomes was just Mahomes. And you kind of have to expect that they're going to do a a lot of this. And you just have to... Hope you can kind of keep up on the other side of the ball.
1: For sure. Uh, this is going to sound weird, but Romo was the one who brought it up. Now, last year, a lot of smoke and mirrors with the 11-0 and 0 record within the one-score game. This year, we all know the Vikings are actually doing a lot of things better than they were last year. The record obviously doesn't indicate that, but let's just go back to what Ron brought up. Like, Any thoughts on this continuous struggle getting down so early in the first quarter of the season the turnovers specifically continue to be killers early in the game though specifically they've lost seven of these turnovers in the first quarter they've scored three points they've given up 27 I mean how much better could this team be if they just fix the obvious cliches and stop shooting themselves in the foot Ron I'll start with you but again though are they doing some things actually better than they were last year as well
0: yeah, I, I will say this. Like, it, it, it could have been a lot worse to start the game because normally when they fumble or they turn the ball over, it just keeps happening. Um, not to use a P.J. Fleck word, but their response. After the fumble of Josh Oliver, they responded, and they stayed in the game all the way to the end. I mean, they, they took it down to the wire. Another one-score game. If you think about it, they won 11 one-score games last year. Now they are one and four in one-score games. That is literally – changing your luck for the worst. Like they had the best luck last year where like Josh Allen fumbles on the goal line for a touchdown, like what? Like, what are you doing right now? And so like, there was just so many so many things last year where like, oh, there's no way they win this game and they win the game. And this year there's like, oh wait, they have a chance to win the game and they don't. And so w- when you think about looking at what this team did to start the game, I, I hate to put it on one person and I know I don't want to be that guy P.J. Flex says this all the time. The ball is the program. There's a reason for that. Like, I don't know if, and and again, I don't know what the rules are in the pros about, like, punishment. Like, you're not hazing. You're punishing Oh, oh, Jesus.
1: Uh Uh-oh. Where
0: are we about to go? (laughs) But, like, I don't know if he needs to bear crawl the length of the field with a football in his arm. I don't know if he needs to to roll the length of the field. But, like, these fumbles have to have consequences. Like, you Mm -hmm. can't just fumble the ball and then, you know, we're buddy-buddy and – oh, uh, man, you know, like, hey, man, I'm not going to yell at you and MF you like, like, like Zim would. Let's be friends. Like, no, like, I'm going to punish you. You did something bad. You should not hold – like, point to pressure. Hold on to the ball. And, and that, for me, is just very frustrating when you see, like, simple little parts of the game like that, that, that – like, that was a big catch, crowd cheering, mm. and then the ball comes out. And we're all sitting here in the press box like, wait a minute, this is not real. Like, this didn't just happen. He didn't – we literally just talked about not fumbling in the pregame and they fumbled the ball to start the game. And so it, – it, and honestly, I don't know about you guys, but every time Alexander Madison touched it after that or every time KJ Osborne went to catch it after that, like, I was just looking for the worst. I'm like, he's going to drop uh-huh. it or they're going to fumble the ball. Like, it just felt like
2: the other – Every time.
0: Yeah, something else was going to happen.
1: It, yeah, and, and it's so boring. It's so cliche. Yeah, you win the turnover battle. You're going to win more times than not. You lose it. But it, it, it's just – they're, they're putting us in this position, guys, where we have to sit here and keep talking about this week after week. Luke, your just thoughts, I guess, on the luck regression, the turnovers, and everything else. And is there one thing you can sit here today right now after five games and say the Vikings are actually a better team at this or in this area than they were last year despite the 1-4 and record?
2: Oh, sure. There's a, I mean, their defense is undoubtedly better. Yeah, It's just a better coached unit. Mm-hmm. Corners are playing more soundly. Their zone pass-offs are more sound. Um, The windows are tighter, right? Look, Mahomes diced him up with Travis Kelsey. They do that to everybody. I'm not like too mad about it. But it's it's just stuff on the margins, and when you live in a world where you're a really explosive team that makes comebacks, and you're also a team that fumbles the ball and turns it over and blows leads, right? That's who they have been under Kevin O'Connell, and every game is going to be one score. No lead is ever safe. I say it going into every single game on the crossovers on lockdown. and when every game is tight every, and, and those things on the margins get exacerbated, guess what? you will, you don't have anywhere to hide. So if you can't get your play in on 4th and 7, if you can't get your subs right on defense on 4th and 1, if you can't get the little things, holding on to the ball, catching passes that are catchable. If you don't, you know, catch the screen pass, right? If you can't do those little things right, it does not matter how much talent you have. It doesn't matter where you picked in the draft, it doesn't matter how much cap space you had going into the off season. It doesn't matter what everyone's 40 time was and what they benched and what their three cone was. None of that matters. If you can't do the little basic things right just to get started, you can have the superest of super teams. You can have a team twice as good as the 98 Vikings. They will still lose the ball if they fumble it. So get the little things right. And then we'll talk about if we're mad up at the refs, we'll talk about, well, maybe they just needed to draft a little bit higher. I don't care if you can't stop fumbling.
0: Here's what I go, though, do. And there's one thing I want to make sure before I get off of this. Yeah. Uh, the third quarter, they lost the game in the third quarter. Oh,
2: yeah! Got third, killed in the third quarter.
0: quarter. They were outscored fourteen to nothing, eleven minutes to three minutes in time. And then when you look at the yards and the plays run, I mean, twenty-two offensive plays for the Chiefs, nine, nine offensive plays for the Vikings Unbelievable. To the Chiefs, twenty-two. And at one point, I think it was like a hundred and some yard, or like hundred yards to three yards. At like one point in the third quarter, like it was like right before the Vikings got it back at the end, I think. But because I saw it on the TV broadcast, I'm like, what is going on right now? Like, how are you guys not able to get off the field on defense and then offense? How can you not sustain a drive? I don't know what was said at halftime. I don't know what they ate at halftime. But whatever it is, like I'm, I'm – I don't, I'm, i do not forgot what movie it was. I don't know if it was like uh, – remember the Titans or Varsity Blues, but there's one of those. Or no, you know, it might have been any given Sunday where he walks in and just knocks over – the entire table of, like, oranges and food and Gatorade. <laughs> and it's like, you guys don't deserve this. Now, I'm not saying do that, but I'm just saying, like, you got to go in at halftime and light a fire under their ass. Like, you got to go in there when they come out in the third quarter and they just want to run through a wall for you. When they came out in the third quarter, it still felt like they were asleep. And the Chiefs came out like, look, we know we should be winning this game. Uh, Tr- Taylor Swift's not here, so let's do it for Taylor. Like, that's that's what the third quarter felt like.
1: I'd love to be a fly in the wall and watch KOC give an Al Pacino type of any given Sunday kind of speech in that halftime locker room. Um Ron, I know you got to bounce out here soon. Maybe you can stick around for a couple more. If not, go do your thing. Again, at 3, Ron Johnson, he's going to be breaking down the Viking game all week long on the Ron Johnson show as well. I do want to keep diving into this one. We got to talk about JJ and we got to talk about the upcoming schedule as well. But first, quick reminder here guys, don't forget this episode is all to you Also brought to you by Jace Medical. Life throws plenty of curveballs at us. That's why the Jace case is out there providing you with five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, giving you that peace of mind. You got access to the right medication on hand whenever you need it with the Jace case. Jace case is simple. They handle the entire evaluation process. Plus, They got licensed pharmacy medication delivery to your doorstep along with the consultations and care when you need it. Right now, save over $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus save an additional $20 when you use the code LOCKEDON. That's one word, LOCKEDON, at checkout over at jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E-Medical.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for the peace of mind when you need it. All right, me and you, Luke. Luke. One on one, the run <laughs> <good> game. game. <laughs> the, the run game, like you look at the stats, four yards per carry, 3.9, 70 yards. I get it. Yeah, it's maybe. super tough, dude, when you're down seven nothing versus the Chiefs, yeah. no less, right? Different mindset. We got to step on the gas. We got to get going. I just want your thoughts on the run game today and just in general through five weeks. And I guess the follow up is going to be you can just answer it part A and part B. Any offensive line change need to be made. Obviously they brought in Dalton Reisner. You got guys like Blake Brandle waiting in the ring wings, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, run game, O-line, the cohesion between the two. Just your overall thoughts today. Uh,
2: you know, I I think the O-line in general had a pretty good day. Kirk had all kinds of time in the pocket all day. I think their pass protection was actually really really excellent. It feels like it's in, getting better each week, kind of, doesn't it? it? It does. It feels like this unit is getting better each week. I think Honestly, I, I think if if the Vikings came out and said we are prioritizing continuity on the line over, you know, switching guys out all the time and moving guys over and making them all learn new things and we're, we're prioritizing chemistry, I think they can kind of take a W on that. I think that has worked better than it has. I think people way overreact to offensive line stuff. Everyone's offensive line gives up some uh, and the Vikings have given up less uh, in the run. i I, I mid right? That is, it's okay. Probably wish it could have been better. It's a good defense. Uh, the, the Kansas city chiefs. Um, but it's the, the, thing about the run game is it's never going to be a weapon if you don't prioritize it. And the Vikings don't prioritize it. And they have good reasons not to prioritize. They're going to prioritize the pass game and Justin Jefferson instead, right? Like, I think most people agree with them not prioritizing it. But that means we have to set a different expectation than we had in the Zimmer days when it was Dalvin Cook. uh, Even go back to when it was Adrian Peterson. We've had this for a long, long time in Minnesota where the, the, the Vikings ran through the run game and they were ground and pound and they were you know able to get seven yards on first down with regularity. That's not what the run game is for us. Now it's part of their strategy and we have to adjust that expectation. So I, I think it's going fine. I definitely don't think that if you, if you were going to make a change on the offensive line, it's not going to be after this game. I think the O-line did great in pass pro. Um, but I don't know. I mean, with Reisner in, with Brandell and all those guys, yeah, guys are on notice. I think the biggest issue on the o right now is Garrett Bradbury's back. What's going on? Yeah. Is he going to be okay?
1: You watch a lot of tape all week, all year for that matter. What's this offense going to look like if Justin Jefferson misses a significant amount of time? It's not like they don't have other weapons and talent, or is it as simple as just, well, all right, Jordan Addison, you're drafting in the first round for a reason. you got to step I, that's up. It.
2: That's it. That's got to be what it is. It's, mm-hmm. it's got to be... um Jordan Addison stepping up. TJ Hawkinson stepping up, right? There was a lot of production left out there on TJ Hawkinson's hands. KJ Osborne has to step up and do more. And Brandon Powell has to be a role player now instead of just a special teamer. That's going to be where we're at. We also have to check in on uh, Naylor's, Jalen Naylor's injury and what's going on there. Um, but hopefully it's not too bad. A hamstrings can linger, but mm-hmm. hopefully they, they don't tend to be particularly severe there. This isn't like the knee thing where, you know, out for the season or anything like that. But yeah, we might have a couple, we might have to go play against the bears without our, our, our superstar. Um, look, if you want to be one of the great teams in the league, right? That's always the goal. You want to be the team that can make this comeback that can, I, I bet they can probably survive two more losses this season, right? That would put, if they lose two more, they'd be 10 and seven. And you're still decent in the playoffs um or three more losses sorry then you're 10 and 7 and you could probably expect to be in the playoffs any more than that we start having trouble so three more losses we got 3 months you can do one loss a month if you want to be that good of a team you need depth you need to be able to survive when certain players go out uh and and still have something so what will the offense look like i don't think you're going to make a huge change schematically necessarily maybe some more schemed up stuff, some more bubble screens and stuff if you're really, really worried about it. But honestly, I think they have pumped enough into Hawkinson, Addison, Osborne, all these all these guys where you can just say, hey, you guys have to get open on these, you know, d- basics over the middle or on slants or on comebacks. You guys have to win a, ball, win a go ball now. We don't have JJ who wins all those go routes. You have to win one now. And if we don't have the guys that can do that, then we weren't winning anything anyways. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And they brought in three guys they didn't have last year. When you look at the roster right now, and people might cringe at this, but yeah, you might, and you already saw a little bit of it today, a little small taste test. Brandon Powell, he might get a few more targets and looks. Josh Oliver, yeah, I know he's one of the better blocking tennis. He might get a few more balls thrown his way. Cam Akers in the passing game and running game, for that matter. He may be more involved as well. Um, Moving on here real quick, last two, and then we'll get out of here. This was always supposed to be. That's tough part of the schedule, right? When we looked mm-hmm. at it right out the mm-hmm. gate, Philly, Chargers, plan. Chiefs. I mean, that we knew. problem is, again, when you lose the games you're supposed to win, like the Bucs week one, uh, the pressure gets so much more magnified. And now, here we are, we're sitting at one and four. What's the realistic expectations now, knowing how they've played, knowing they've been in all these games, but knowing the schedule – uh, yeah, it does kind of let up a little bit, but there's just no easy wins in the NFL. Chicago next right. week, San Fran on primetime in two weeks, and then at Green Bay, at Atlanta, two road games. What do you think?
2: I mean, I'm never a big strength of schedule guy. I've never mm-hmm. have been. Um, mm-hmm. I always think it's a pretty overrated thing. Ultimately, the games get hard in the playoffs anyways, right? So you can't cupcake your way into the playoffs and steal a Super Bowl, and if you can't beat the, all the good teams on your schedule, you weren't going to win in the playoffs anyways, right? So I don't really buy into the strength of schedule thing. There are no cupcakes in the NFL. There's no Alcorn State in the NFL, right? Um, you know, you don't get your D3. They're paying you, you know, to or you're paying them a whole bunch to do a warm-up game uh, and beat somebody by 60 kind of game. This is the pros. Everybody's good. Yeah. Um, that said, they'll probably be favored in a bunch of those, right? They'll be favored over the Bears. They'll be favored over teams probably like Vegas and um, maybe even favored over the Packers, depending on how the next few weeks go. So sure, that's fine. You don't feel like you have this juggernaut coming in like it was so scary, right? You just felt like this this titan was coming into U.S. Bank Stadium and yeah, you've got the San Francisco game and that'll kind of be the end of that. Um, but if you can't hang on to the ball and you can't get your freaking play calls in, you're not going to beat Alcorn state. You, I'm sorry. You can't beat anyone. If you can't (laughs) hang on to the ball, you piss away possessions. That's how you lose to worse teams. And it's certainly how you lose to better teams. So if I'm the Vikings, I do not give a rip. What is coming down the sketch? What is coming down the pipe? You got to fix your own issues or else it's not going to matter who you play.
1: It's not a you issue. It's a me issue at this point. Look in the mirror, fix that stuff first and foremost. Clean your own house. I like what you said there. Absolutely. All right. Last one before we get out of here, let's try to end with a glass half full approach here. Leave the people with some sort of optimism, which player or two has surprised you on offense or defense doesn't matter, but in a good way compared to think back to all our preseason and even summer predictions compared to what you're seeing now, now that we got Five full games, a good sample size, a good chunk, top to bottom. Who's kind of surprising you and sticking out to you in a good way?
2: I mean, uh, I, I feel like every week I say Cam Bynum, so I, I'll sh- I should yeah, shout true. him out again. Yeah. Um, people on him on that third and eighteen because he jumped it a little early, but that was a really razor thin margin for error because the offense made a good play, which is why I kind of brought that up. Like the if if they make the perfect play and they get it. We just have to make it so it had to be perfect. And that ball had to be perfect, even with the missed time jump. So I'm not too mad at buying him over that. And he had a good game, otherwise good tackling. Um, Reasonable game from from Metellus. I I think the secondary in general has surprised me, especially the corners. I thought Makai Blackman had a pretty good game. Um, I thought I think he gave up like one big play and that was about it. Byron Murphy gives up a couple of slants. That's about it. Those are hard. Um, especially, I mean, when we live in a blitz, we ask more of these corners. So again, we have to adjust the expectation, understanding that we're asking them to kind of just win like two thirds of the time and hope that we get home the rest. Um, and a Caleb Evans in particular, I think, I mean, a Caleb Evans has really taken a step forward in his first year. I, I'm actually probably going to do more content on him in the week, uh, in the coming week, especially, uh, now that we don't know if we are going to have him and what, what's up with his knee, but just those corners in general. Um, look like just a catastrophe going in and look at what they've done, you know?
1: Yeah. And, and this is also, we talked about Addison. If JJ, knock on wood, obviously we all hope he's back next week, but 17 game season, it's a gauntlet now. It's almost so unrealistic to expect all these guys to play a full 17 games, fully 100% healthy. It's just so tough. Um, it's, it's a game. grind, man. Gotta have but depth. Gotta have depth. And maybe, who knows, maybe Jordan Addison, again, maybe this is his time to shine and step up now. Now he's got five games under his belt as well. Good stuff as always. Vikings lose today, though, unfortunately, 27 20 to the defending champs. They've now lost again four straight games at U.S. Bank Stadium, dating back to last year. Plenty to break down all week, as we will, right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota channel. Thank you to everybody for joining us and tuning in to another Minnesota Sports Vikings postcast. Another reminder, too, we're going to be here every single game from here on out, rest of the season. Right. So make sure you're subscribed to the channel as well. And that's also your reminder, go check out Luke every day on the Lockdown Vikings podcast, because he's pumping out everything you need to know as the Vikings try to get back on this winning track here next 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 week at soldier field, by the way, their first division game of the year, still got six division games. I know it hasn't looked the way we hoped it would still got six division games on the schedule. Just want to throw that out there before we wrap up, but that'll do it for us. Follow us on X at Luke underscore spinman, Ron Johnson earlier at three, Ron Johnson, check him out on the Ron Johnson show, Luke Braun NFL on X, check him out every day again on the locked on Vikings podcast and subscribe follow all our work over on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Network. Vikes moved to one and four on the season. For Luke Rondo, Ron Johnson, I'm Luke Inman. Until next time, signing out.
2: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app
1: today.